Shruti. And I'm Julie. And this is a podcast of convenience. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean, we have theme music, but I like yours better. Thank you. It's been months and months since we've done this. So long. Valid reasons. Shruti mm. got married. I am a wife. I am a whole You're a wife. wife. You have a, a husband. I have a whole husband. <laughs> Tell 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 the folks at home about your wedding, even though all five of our listeners were there. All five of them were there, and like four of them, or no, three of them were actually in the bridal party. So good times. Um, it was amazing, and it was a three day Indian wedding weekend, and I married the love of my life. Sure did. It was very romantic and chaotic and we all got COVID afterwards so that was a bummer (laughs) sure did (laughs) we sure did but because this is a fun podcast I am only gonna say be careful because COVID is still out there and that's all I want to say about it we talk about love not pandemics although we talk about pandemics all the time too yeah that's fair (laughs) that's very fair (laughs) so uh, what did you think man you were a guest at the wedding you were a participant what did you think about the wedding? I mean, that was like the most fun I've had at a wedding, probably. That was extremely fun and great and beautiful, like every second of it. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the worst recap of the wedding. Like, we all had it a really is. good time. The end. I can understand you being like, I'm done talking about it because of planning. It was probably such a nightmare. Um, but the pictures are gorgeous and you look beautiful. The video is almost ready. Yay! I can't wait to see that. I'm so excited. I can't handle it. The photographs, I looked at them and then I cried because I relived it and it was so nice. They are beautiful. Because love is real sometimes, guys. Sometimes love is real. (laughs) (laughs) We're a podcast about love books. Hopefully we can be like, love is always real or almost always real. I've spent too much time in the real world. You know what I mean? But like... It's often real. It was like genuinely romantic. You know, and my my favorite memories of the wedding weekend, you know, are very small private moments, which is kind of what I wanted. I wanted an intimate wedding. I knew I wasn't going to get one because it's an Indian wedding. So it was like a 300 plus wedding, which is still intimate by Indian standards. But um, we did it in such a way that we got to have a lot of nice private moments to ourselves, which dang it, it was very sweet. Got real fucked up. That was fun. Oh my gosh. We got so... Well, I didn't get so fucked up until the last night. And even then, I think I was okay. I kept it together. I kept it classy. Kind of. There are some photos that show otherwise. (laughs) I feel like you kept it classy, although I wouldn't have been a good judge at the time. I put some of those photos up on, like, the digital photo frame, and I'm like, you know what? This is for me, these memories of, like, like, we all look not sober <laughs> we all look really oh drunk. i mean yeah we can we can witness our own buffoonery and enjoy it we just don't have to yeah. send those ones to the aunties or anything like that no, they it don't was need like to right know that. at the end of the wedding and my dad my dad was yelling at everyone do you remember that at the end of the Wait, wedding you know, your photographer took photos of that no, no no they had left they only stayed for like 30 minutes of the dancing because thought. they were like after that it things get really messy and you don't want those memories anyway so we'll just take off and i'm like yeah. perfect so um I was taking pictures and I was having people take pictures of like the green room 
Oh, gotcha. Just like friend pictures, not. Yeah. And then my dad gotcha, walks gotcha. in and he's just like, no one is helping with anything. I'm like, help with what? Help with what? We it have over, a, dude. It over. We're done. We have a, he's, he's a real controlling guy, but it was just very, very funny because he was trying to do the dad thing. And I'm like, I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk <laughs> and I'm married. Away. I'm drunk and married and every, all my friends are here. And if we like leave a bouquet behind, I think it's going to be fine. And we did. And you know what? The world didn't end. I was going to say, you're, the, the flower girl crowns went to me and Guillaume, so I imagine that the flowers weren't your biggest fucking concern on your wedding day when you had eight million other things going on, including getting married. No, I had no concerns on the day yeah. of the wedding, except for COVID. But you know what? <laughs> it's okay. My <laughs> worst nightmare happened. <laughs> happened, and I'm still here. So you got to live with some things, and that's life. I would get COVID all over again to attend that wedding and see all of you. Well, that's very sweet. And that seems to be the consensus. But guilt. (laughs) Don't guilt. But guilt. People knew what they were signing up for when they went to a gathering of people. I also have control issues. I get them from my dad. (laughs) Yay. Yay. What else has happened? It's Labor Day weekend. Now it's Tuesday. That's like the least interesting segue, I feel like. From my wedding from to your Labor Day? wedding to it's Labor Day. <laughs> well, my wedding was in May and it's September, <laughs> and Yikes. we recorded before the wedding, so like a lot, of like things. a month before. I want to say you changed it's been your so hair color long. twice since then. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot. What have you? Summer done? is ending. It's almost over. Well, it doesn't seem that way with the weather. No, but I bought a bunch of Halloween stuff, so summer's oh over. Oh my gosh. I do you want to tell everyone what you got? Because I got to see the photo and it was very sweet and cute. Um, I got evil flamingos for the front yard. What else did I buy? You oh, I bought all the mushroom, all that mushroom shit from Cosplus World Market, like the little mugs with mushroom lids and the cookie jar with the mushroom lids. I'm a did basic cottagecore bitch. Photos of the haunted flamingos. Uh, I it's possible I didn't. You didn't. I did not see those. I felt like I, I did, but okay. No, you only sent mushrooms, a scary graveyard, and a pillow with an eye. Yeah, it's a cookie graveyard, like a like a gingerbread house, but a gingerbread graveyard. That looks so fun. It's I spooky wish, season. I wish I was in Oregon again for October. Me too. That was I so much fun. Do this with you. But I'll see you in a few weeks, anyways. Oh my god, that's oh, right. So you oh look my god. very confused. Do you forget? I was about... actually really confused. No, we're going to see My Chemical Romance in a month. We are. It has been a postponed from... for two years. Yeah, sure was. That's Our right. It was because you're going to go for my 30th birthday and I just turned 32. Yep. Bleak. <laughs> Happy 30th birthday. Thank you. Funnily enough, I'm seeing them in Portland and then flying to Oakland to see them with Shruti again two days later. Yeah, I bought those tickets when I lived in Oakland. I don't live yeah. in Oakland anymore, now so I will also be. Fly there. We're going to drive up, and then I'm probably going to fly back. Because Evan oh, wants cool. to see his friend's bebe. Bebe? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fresh baby. Ew, don't say it like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only way I know how. It's a little fresh bebe. How fresh? What does fresh entail? Like, under six months. Oh, okay. That's a fresh bebe. <laughs> I'm gonna hold it. that baby. I'm gonna hold that baby, and then I'm gonna offer to do some dishes. Don't even offer; just walk into their kitchen and start doing them. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. We are not like 
because they're kind of like Evan's friends. They're now my friends. But at the same time, I'm like, some people have privacy issues. But I'm like, you guys are both new parents. I want to help. I don't think anyone in the world would mind if you did their dishes when they have a okay. six-month-old fresh bebe. Okay. So I just got a text message that uh, Evan got notification of rolling blackouts. Oh, fun. Well, so, if we end up needing to pause the recording, we will. Good luck to us now. Rolling blackouts from yeah, the heat? it's like 105. Everyone's blasting their AC. It's 105 here, which is like 110 out. elsewhere, 115 elsewhere, you know. Ew. Yeah. I turned the AC off right now, so we are not contributing to it. Good. Plus, I keep the AC pretty high when I'm home alone anyways, because I have a very high heat tolerance. I don't. Yeah, I know. That's why you live in Oregon. Yeah. All right. Well, that's life. Book? Book. Let's talk book. The book. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a little delirious in the hot closet. The book <laughs> that we are talking about today is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by... Talia Hibbert. Talia. Talia? Talia. I'm still getting it wrong. It's not Talia. Yeah. When we both guessed the other day, we were both wrong. Oh, my microphone is peaking. Give me one second. I guess I'll do like this and just get louder about my talking. Ha ha ha. Ah. I really want you to keep this in. <laughs> okay. Now when I laugh, it doesn't like blow out everyone's eardrums. Okay. I'll just talk normally. Like, better. Better. I'll talk better. Me say mm. better words. Okay. Talia is correct. Talia and Talia, Talia are both wrong. We were both wrong. Talia. Fuck. God, we're so disrespectful. Or I'm so disrespectful. <laughs> I no, thought I, I mean, got it right I was also time. wrong. Talia. I know, but I was going to look it up before today, and I did, and I still got it and wrong. And again, in all fairness, I have heard... I watched several videos of people introducing her, and so I'm kind of assuming they're right, because I couldn't find a video of her introducing herself. But several different people... We're introducing her for like interviews and stuff, said Talia. Mm. And I'm going to assume they did their homework. I really hope. You know what? If somebody is a mega fan and they know the correct way, please tell us because we have clearly done research and cannot come to a conclusion on if we're correct or not. I bet you if we just messaged her on Instagram, she would have answered us. She seems really chill. But she's also like super popular. Do you think she's answering DMs? I don't know. Julie, DM her. I'm not going to DM her. Now we're already in it. Slide dude. into her DMs and be like, I want you to bring Redford, Redford Morgan off the page into real life, into so you, my life. <laughs> Sorry, she's a writer. Yeah. She's not like a witch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Julie. She might dabble in the dark arts. Who's if saying? I message her on Instagram, she's not going to create a man in real life from scratch. Also, you're married now married who's to say evan wouldn't be open to an encounter with a fictional man an encounter like a sexual encounter oh like a or romantic thing. encounter maybe evan's open to we haven't talked to him about it we I haven't come across without knowing scenario. that if he would sleep with redford morgan or not evan has told me a few things about things where i'm like okay i'm not Please saying like evan's into dudes immediately but he's like into paul rudd in a way that i'm like this is a lot Paul Rudd, though, is one of those guys that a straight guy is only into. You know, like... I know. He might as well say Ryan Reynolds, and it's like, well, that doesn't count. Oh, but what about Taika Waititi? Because we also both have a crush on Taika Waititi. Okay, that's a little gayer. I like that. It's a little gayer. Not that I'm calling Evan gay, because he would, you know, probably not identify that way, but we talked about Taika Waititi. But, like, um, a man 
saying that he's attracted to Ryan Reynolds is like, yeah, that's somehow even straighter than saying you're attracted to a woman. And I don't know why. I feel um, like Ryan Reynolds is straighter. Paul Rudd is kind of the gray area. And Taika Waititi is like, come on, man. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you sure? Are you sure you're I mean, straight? it's a spectrum for sure. Um, so you think that if the witch <laughs> Talia Hibbert brought Redford <laughs> Morgan to life, renowned person creator Talia Hibbert made mm-hmm. the character of this book that you love so much real that your yeah. husband would maybe sleep with him. Maybe he'd give me a pass to, I don't even know if I want to sleep with Redford Morgan. I just want to, I want to be with him. Like Chloe is with him. <laughs> they sleep together a bunch. And it's delightful. Should we tell the people who Redford Morgan is? Yeah, we should tell them a lot of things uh, <laughs> before we <laughs> just go on and on about um something insane. Okay, so the book. I have trigger warnings before we get into this. Good call. Um, And these are per the author. I think she actually prefaces the book with her trigger warnings. And one is an abusive relationship. So Redford Morgan, our protagonist, was in an emotionally abusive. I don't recall if it was physically abusive. I read the book a few months ago, and I don't remember if that figures into it. I think maybe a little. I'm trying to remember as well. It's been months since we both read this. And I've read it multiple times and I still don't remember things. That is fair. Um, And then the second trigger warning is for chronic pain. And that is because Chloe Brown has fibromyalgia and she is a chronic pain sufferer. Um, And when I read the book like four to five to six months ago, however long it's been, I was not triggered by the book. But within the last month, I am now triggered by the book. And so I was unable to reread the book. I got a little bit into it and then I was like, you know what? This is not good for my mental health. I'm going to pause and come back to it when I'm in a better headspace. Totally. Yeah. Are you, I mean, are you cool talking about it right now? Like, should we, we can talk about a different book. Oh yeah. No, I'm totally good to talk about it. I just don't want to reread it because the rereading is realistic. She writes about chronic pain as though, and actually we can talk about it a little bit because I found um, an interview that someone did, like a profile on her where she talks about a lot of the things that I liked in the book in kind of a little paragraph. So I kind of wanted to read that. Do it. Um, and then I also have very brief notes and then I re- I literally wrote King of Dirty Talk against the statue with a crown emoji. <laughs> An excellent moment. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to just jump in before I read this quote? No, read the quote and then we can do a little plot recap. Let's do it. All right. So this is from a website called Kirkus, like the name Kirk, us, one word, Kirkus. Cool. The uh, interviewer is Lori Muchnik. Muchnik? Muchnik. I don't know if I'm saying that right. This is the question. The Brown sisters are black, and your other characters come from many different backgrounds. Eve and Jacob both have autism, and Eve's sister Chloe has fibromyalgia. Both experiences you share. Why is it important for you to have all of these elements in your book? And that in and of itself, the question is such a jumping off point for the representation in this book because that doesn't even touch on all of the representation in this book. There is more. It's very good. It's great. And so Talia said, um, there have been a lot of times, especially when I was younger and I could only get romance from the library because I wasn't supposed to be reading it. So I couldn't ask my mother to buy it for me when I had a very limited range of books to choose from. 
and as a result, I was never reading people who reminded me of myself, and sometimes they would say negative things, and I'd be like, oh, you're talking about me. So Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to write romance novels that captured the experience I had when I was able to buy my own books and choose to read ones that did reflect myself. I'd think, oh, this is all the joy of romance with the joy of being represented as well. That was always a really special experience for me, so I wanted to contribute to that with my books. And then also, when you're marginalized in more than one or two ways, people act like you can't possibly exist, or like your existence is some kind of gimmick, or like you're being obnoxious for being black and disabled at the same time, or whatever. (laughs) I know. I know. That's just heartbreaking. Um, Anyways, back to the quote. So it's always important to me to show that actually, no, it's completely normal for people to be many different things at once, because that's the life I live in. It reflects a lot of people I know, and so I just want to put my perception of the real world into my books. Damn. Drop the mic. Drop the mic, Talia. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think when they were talking about her marginalizations in specific, she is describing having autism and fibromyalgia. And so when I think when she writes about these things, it feels so grounded and realistic because they are her lived experiences. Mm-hmm. She writes chronic pain like someone who knows. It's awesome. Yeah, truly awesome. And I think her, um, I don't think all three of the sisters in the series, it's a series, there's three of them, are plus sized, <laughs> but I think two of them are plus sized or fat. I'm not sure what the common acceptable phrasing is for that these days. I think it's how one refers to oneself. And I, I think, I think all of them mentioned being plus size, plus maybe size? only two of them. Yeah. Okay. Either way, it's a very size inclusive series yeah. as well. Usually so the... So you've got disabled. Yeah. And... Romantic leads aren't disabled yeah. or people of color or fat people or on and on and on. Um, yeah. And these are all of those things. It's awesome. Truly awesome and sexy and romantic and oh all gosh. of those things are just part of the mix, but they're not the whole mix. Or even like the be sad for me mix. You know what I mean? It's not be sad for me. It's no. It's great. It's very empowering and not even empowering. It's just like life but in a happy way yeah like she's going through all these things in the way that many people do go through these things but still um out here crushing it living life career living in her onesie you know doing coding and all of that so let's give a better plot summary (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay would you like to do any plot summary pieces sure um i will start off until we find something we want to talk about in in depth um get a life chloe brown is about chloe brown who is um a chronic pain sufferer and disabled i believe i think that is the disability is the fibromyalgia yeah i wasn't sure okay cool it oh it actually is fibromyalgia itself i forget yeah it's It's listed i think she talks about it as having fibromyalgia okay which is a nightmare to disease to have because a lot of doctors don't believe it exists just like everything women have isn't it cute so um, cute. <laughs> anyway, um, she has a near-death experience and after surviving it, realizes that she has not done enough with her life according to her, her own standards. She wants to be more adventurous. She wants to have more life experiences and she wants to like get out into the world. Um, and so she does that. She makes a list of things she wants to do. Why am I flashing back? This is similar to... Nine rules to break. Julie, can I tell you something wild? (laughs) 
Yes. So in an effort to get caught up on the book, like right before we recorded, I was like, oh, I'll listen to a podcast that someone else did that maybe it'll kind of like refresh my memory on certain things. Yeah. And I started listening to an episode of Faded Mates, which is the podcast written by, or not written by, jokes. Uh, Sarah McLean, and it's not McLean, it's McLean, Sarah McLean, who wrote Nine Rules to Break uh, When Romancing a Rig. And I got about 15 minutes in before I had to start, you know, doing other things. But they also reference that this is very similar. Like, it's a trope. I didn't make the connection until I just said it out loud right now, but that's awesome. Yeah, it's McLean. We're getting everyone's names wrong. Yeah, it's normal for us. I really like that podcast so far. I'm going to keep listening to it because it's very structural on actual writing style and also the romance piece, but it's kind of like a writer's podcast. It's kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah. I'll check that out too. Fated mates. Fated mates. Free plug. So Chloe makes a list including things like move out of her family home. Um, She lives with, she has like a very upper class upbringing with her parents and her grandmother and her two sisters, but she moves into her own apartment where she meets the superintendent Redford Morgan, um, he is a painter who had some very negative experiences in regard to an ex of his and sort of stopped painting professionally and just has been doing it sort of quietly while working as a superintendent for his friend who owns the building. Pause. Where Chloe lives. Yeah. Pause. Redford Morgan paints in the open window of his apartment that Chloe gets to look into and she is very sneaky sometimes, and it's one of the things on her list that she ends up doing, which is do something bad, and her bad thing is peeping on Red while he's painting. And um, I like the way that she, eventually she does kind of confess to it, but she's, and he's like, oh, is it like some creepy, like, rich woman looking in on a poor guy voyeur thing? And she's like, no, you just look so vitally alive when you paint, and damn, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's just creepy at the beginning. He's, like, painting shirtless, and she's just, like, watching him through a window. Oh, yeah. Unless you're into the voyeur thing. That's a thing. I guess. She wasn't I mean, necessarily watching him for the, like, because he's sexy. I think it really was that he embodied um, vitality in a way, like, living in a sick body. That's something that you want. That's fair. Or find beautiful, you know? I guess just, you know, he... It, you find out that he knew the whole time mm-hmm. she was there and it wasn't yeah. a whole big scandal like she thought it was. So oh yeah, it ends up being okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she encounters Red and they're pretty rude to each other when they first meet. Um, Chloe, rude to him. Why? Um, I the I'm thing, trying to remember. The thing about Chloe being rude to Red, and I know like in the first book, they don't describe Chloe as having um, any kind of a neurodivergency, but I read it that way. That she was just kind of abrupt as just as a person. Yeah, but not like her, as a it's just her personality, thing. and I think she's like that with everybody. But he doesn't get it, and it takes him a while to realize that it's actually just like a lot of dry humor. And I think you're right because they even do point out that she she's like it takes him a minute to get her humor, and then she's like, oh, he's like, I know she's kidding, even though nothing in her face gave it away. So yeah, yeah I think you're I think you're right. Thank you. Um, he gets and there. Then once she's quote unquote rude to him, he's takes a disliking to her although of course they're like sexually attracted to each other immediately um and then after rescuing a cat from a tree together they end up getting closer and 
um, Red agrees to help her with a few things from her list. It's nine rules to break when romancing a rake. That's what it is. I'm not, I'm catching up with this finally. Similar to a point <laughs> to the, one of the other books we did. <laughs> <laughs> I he can agrees just, to help her with the list. Yeah, I can see the realization in your eyes. It's very funny because you keep pausing and like looking off in the distance like, I've, <laughs> this, I know this. <laughs> How did I not think about this before now? Yeah. But you know what? I loved that book and I love this book. So obviously I'm not mad about it. No, I like I like this um, idea as well. And I think it's not like a super common trope, like enemies to lovers or whatever. But you definitely read other books where there is a list element and you got to help me find a life kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. And we will both find love and sex along the way. I am going to look at my notes because there were some things I wanted to, at least from the beginning, talk about. Yeah. Um, I learned the phrase on TikTok, synodon. Sorry, synodom. What is <laughs> so that? So it's a cinnamon roll dom. Oh, like a soft dom? Yes. But I liked the phrase synodom because I immediately <laughs> thought of red when I heard that phrase. And so... <laughs> I think of Red as a cinnadom in that he is a cinnamon roll, but he is kind of dominant in a sexual way. He is. It's weird. I feel like he's dominant, but she's not submissive. No. It's great. The sex scenes are great. Can we just talk about that? We haven't jumped to the point where they're banging yet, but when they do, it's excellent. Yeah. (laughs) My notes kind of peter out after the King of Dirty Talk, because that's when I had to stop reading it, um, when they were having an intimate moment against a statue in public, which was really fun. An intimate moment. Well, they didn't really have sex, but they were, like, just up against that door. They did everything up to and including finger blasting, which I think is more or less. That's fair. Good um, for them. Freaking good for them. Oh, my gosh. It's great. Um, You tell me, Julie. What can you think of, like, maybe a favorite part of the book? Um... Go back into the recesses of your mind, Palace. I don't have any of those. In your memories. <laughs> your non existent on the surface. Um I remember liking the whole like okay, so I remember liking the way they spoke to each other and her kind mm-hmm. of like dry wit and him everything he said ever. Um, he's very attractive. Mm-hmm. Like when they would talk about the cat and stuff like that, and they would be like sort of tongue in cheek talking to each other. Um, I love all of that. Um, I liked when they went camping together. That was very cute. That was one of the things on her list. Um, I'm remembering, I feel like the last, like, third of the book, I, like, wasn't into as much, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. like, I liked it in general. The conflict, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the conflict, since I'm sorry, I jumped into that. We can go back to favorite parts. Normally, I don't mind this type of conflict, but I will probably say I did not enjoy this conflict in this book. Like, the okay. third act breakup thing. Yeah. Me neither. Although, I liked the resolution of... I like when he, like, won her back. That was a very... Describe very to me, because I couldn't get that far in my reread, how exactly did this happen again? Do you remember? The breakup? Yeah. No, the the reconciliation. Oh, okay. Well, the reconciliation... Well, let's well talk the breakup the was that he viewers. found the list, right? Yeah, that's why it was weird. So, they both had past trauma hers was people leave me because i'm sick and i'm too much to handle for them it air quotes don't translate well to a podcast but that was in quotes um and then his trauma was i had an abusive ex-girlfriend who made me feel like shit because she was rich and i am poor and she brought me into her world as sort of like arm candy and 
like just to use me and then threw me aside and both of their traumas like bounced off of each other where he found her list and was like oh she's just using me in the same way that my ex did and then he stormed out and she was like oh he left me just the same way my ex did and then they were both like oh shit we just did the exact worst thing to the other person yeah but then he wins her over by sending her um basically he like makes her a, a win glowy backlist and then he does all the things on the list over the course of like several weeks um and that's it's very right. cute i just like i don't know i liked all that he like remembered all her favorite things and he like brings her stuff and does stuff for her and i don't know it's just like a series of really sweet shit well at the same time she's like coming to her own realization that she also reacted from a place of trauma and not mm-hmm. like a open communication yeah um so she was also sort of resolving her inner shit before they got back together. And then they, they get together and he's like, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to work on this. I know that that was fucked up. And she's like, yeah, same. So like, they're basically, they're not like, we're cured and we're together and we're perfect. They're like, we're just going to get better together right. because we like each other. I think that's something that she does very well in the series is it's not ever like happily ever after. We're married now. Goodbye. It's always like. You can see the happily ever after, but the happily ever after is not, like, tied up in a neat little bow. It's that we're going to, like, continue on together, kind of figuring shit out. Yeah. But together. Which I really think is just what life is like. No, totally. And it's kind of silly, but, like, even his painting, like, he was looking at his old paintings before he Mm -hmm. met the ex. And he was like, oh, they were so beautiful and so full of life. And, like, his new ones are, like, dark and awful. And when he gets with Chloe... And she sees his art and then he keeps painting and stuff. His art doesn't go back to the way it was. Like it stays dark and kind of depressing, but she's like, I love this. Like it it looks great. And you know, it like makes you feel something. And so he doesn't have to like revert to his quote fixed form to be with her. They're just going to like heal together. And and also just, he's fine the way he is, (laughs) even if he doesn't necessarily. And of course, vice versa, but in a more physical way for her. Yeah. And actually, that reminds me a little bit. I was listening in the podcast. They mentioned this thing that reminds me a lot of what you just said with the painting. Now I'm not even having my own ideas. I'm stealing someone else's ideas. (laughs) Whatever. I'm a chronic pain sufferer. I know what this is like. But um, one thing that I guess like a lot of people who write disability don't necessarily get correctly is that at the end, you are healed now. Yeah. And Chloe doesn't heal from fibromyalgia a lot of people who have this type of disorder or any type of chronic pain disorder it doesn't ever go away it can be a lifelong thing that you just have to deal with and in this book chloe gets all the things but she does it with her disability with fibromyalgia she doesn't do it and then is magically at the end healed by the power of love yep and he doesn't come like like, save her from it he's basically like here i know you're in pain so we'll cook with a stool in the kitchen and i will pick you up and carry you when you need to but also like i'll just make sure some of our adventures don't involve as much walking i mean he's like respectful while at the same time just being like we'll just make adjustments to our life so that it works for us both physically and it's not going to be like a whole big thing and i think that's one of the things that i adored about red is how gracefully he handled her pain because absolutely I mean, not to get terribly personal, but Julie, I, you know, you know my shit. You know my shit intimately from 10 years ago to now, all of it. And, you know, the ability of some people to hang 
and the ability of other people who struggle more being around a person who's in pain or sick. And, like, I'm not going to out you either for your own shit, but Julie also has shit, you know? So, like, to read a book where she's not, like, getting better, it's just what it is, you know? And he's just like, I think you're the sexiest person. And I don't care that you might faint because it's too hot outside or, like, you know, (laughs) that you need to sit down. Oh, my God. We were at Disneyland the other day and it was just like, I had, I just wanted to sit down. I just needed to sit down. (laughs) Like, it was, ugh. You know what I mean? And so it is nice to see that in a book, like a character that just is, I can't articulate it. (laughs) It makes sense, though. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. It's kind of, I mean, I kind of like that it's like he has to adjust. Like, she already has her shit figured out. She's like, I have my chocolates. I make my nest on the couch. I take my pills. Here's all my pills. Like, I get, you know, like, I'm sorted. And you can enter this life if you want. And you'll have to just get used to the way things are. In terms of physically, things are going to be a little different for me. And he's like, dope. Mm -hmm. I can totally do that because you're fine as shit and an awesome person. And that's all that there needs to be. <laughs> there doesn't have to be a, a, a but or a despite. That's just full yeah, stop. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to struggle with it at all. Not at all. He just, like, adapts so quickly. There's, and like, as, one or two moments where he's like, oh, am hmm. I being a little overprotective? And then he's like, I'll just stop that. <laughs> I don't need to. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. He is very fictional. <laughs> he's fictional as fuck. Oh, my God. That level of emotional intelligence, like, he's dumb in other ways, but in terms of this, it's great. He, I feel like he has, like, one freak out, and it's bad, but he, literally, he's, he walks out, and there's, like, 30 seconds where he leans against yes. her door, and then he's over it, and I'm like, if only, can you imagine? Yeah, if a, if a, a guy got over his anger that quickly, you know? Yeah, and he yes, because of her trauma, she so was like, fast. no, you're once you're gone, you're gone, and that was just, like, again, it just balanced badly with each other, mm-hmm. but, like, for a real person... To be like, oh, you know what? Sorry, I overreacted. It's 30 seconds later, and I'm realizing that, and I'm apologizing, and I'm over it. Go fuck yourself. You're not real. You're fictional. (laughs) Go fuck yourself, Redford Morgan. fuck yourself, Red. I hate you. And then leap out of the pages, please. Yeah. He's also, like, a burly redhead. He is a burly redhead who rides a motorcycle. Oh my god, not to be, like, super shallow, but this fictional burly redhead who rides a motorcycle. And paints. And paints. And it's, like, emotionally intelligent and caring. And very, very funny. And he can sex you, you know, six ways to Sunday. (laughs) He can sex you so good. So good. I wish I had a better memory of those scenes. I should have just gone back and read those scenes, so I feel like they would have been fine. I remember them being pretty, like, if we're... If we're talking about filth levels, not li- not their official rating, but just like levels of how um, specific some of the sex mm-hmm. scenes get, how graphic some of the sex scenes get. Yeah. That's like a nine in terms of graphicness, I would say. I would say not even just graphicness, but like enjoyability. Okay. Well, that's the rating though. That's what we do at the end. But just okay. in terms of like, oh. You're going like, straight graphic. Yeah. Like, oh, like mm. they went to bed and the curtains closed is like a zero and like straight up descriptions of like from a biology textbook is a 10 and this is like a nine Mm -hmm. but in a good way in a good way it's great do you want to talk maybe a little bit about the other two 
sisters and the family dynamic, the characters. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is our po- this podcast is about the first book, but I think we right. all I think we've even admitted on it that we've read all of them. So we can talk about them a little. We have read all of them and they were all very good. So Chloe, I think the family dynamic plays a, a good part in this book as well, because her sisters are so supportive and sweet, you know, and her they have such a nice, too. they have such a nice relationship. And it's also kind of like funny and realistic in a way, like just the way that they talk to each other. So there's Chloe and Danny and Eve. And later we get to see all of them get their own book and their own love story and Danny's like a witch who's also a teacher who probably has ADHD and Eve is like can't keep down a job and she's fluttering around and she's always listening to music and um they're all just so charming they're all charming they all have as fully realized characters as this first one that we were talking about Mm -hmm. they're all they're not just like a pretty woman who swoons into the arms of a man that's like the opposite of these women um, they're badasses and they are flawed and very cool. What the fuck is she doing out the door? Is Barking that your dog? outside my door? Why? <laughs> Barking in this economy? <laughs> yeah, Barking like, outside my door? Seriously, Audrey, in this economy? I can hear her little feet scampering about. I think Evan's almost here, but why did she come in here and bark? That's stupid. Because she knows it'll be the least convenient thing for you right now. Yeah, I feel like in terms of all the podcast recordings, like the last two were just like feral and insane, but it's so hot right now. I'm just like slowly drinking this Dr. Pepper going, I liked the book, man. I liked it. It was a good book. <laughs> it's a really, I'm not sweating at all. Is it right you can't now? be insane every time. We will no, die. But and also we don't fun. read books like we read last time every time. That is very true. I feel like this book was just like nice and enjoyable. It was a nice book. We love a, we love a public finger blasting. And then I think the How rest of their I sex was in their apartment. I can't. I'm oh, so they, they had camping sex. They had tent sex. Oh, my gosh. And I loved how he, like, thought so much about how he could take her camping. And yeah. one of her dreams was that she would one day be able to backpack, but she knew that was going to be, like, really hard. It was one of the things on her list to, like, backpack with no plan. And he, like, made it happen for her at the end of the book, you know? Travel the world with only hand luggage. A man who takes initiative and takes burdens from you and makes your life delightful when you cannot make your own life delightful because of physical limitations yeah get fucked they go camping and he picks a spot that's not like a crazy hike from the car and then he brings an air mattress because sleeping on the ground would just wreck her for the next day Mm -hmm. um it's great and then they bang the shit out of each other on the air mattress and that's great yeah for them he's good at that (laughs) <laughs> they're both good at it they're both really good at it <laughs> i had a phrase from my notes i'm jumping around all over the map so is this you? different than usual uh sometimes we have more cohesive notes um it's about chronic illness and it says it start i started feeling afraid of my own body like it was a torture chamber i'd been trapped inside And that's, like, relatable. That's, like, hashtag relatable. (laughs) Oh, I'm just scrolling past that part right now. That's funny. Oh, nice. Hashtag relatable and hashtag devastating. Do you relate to that, dude? Have you ever felt like your body was a torture chamber? Oh, my God. Don't I tell you all the time that if I could be reincarnated, I would just want to be a cloud, like a sentient cloud? I don't want to have a physical form at all. 
And I said, I don't want to have consciousness, but then that's what makes people call people to like, (laughs) get me uh, to stop talking about those kinds of things. But yeah, no, but I figured like, in terms of representation, we both have um, probably experiences that we might be able to chat about because I know your thing and you know my thing. You don't have to tiptoe around it. Again, our five friends are the people who listen to this. Like, All right, dude, Julie got kicked in the face. (laughs) Julie got kicked in the face. (laughs) Do you want me to just straight up out you? Okay. So when we, it was whose birthday? Was it your birthday? No, it was Jamil's birthday. It was Jamil's birthday. It was Jamil's birthday. And we took her to a speakeasy in the back of a bar that did a burlesque show. And this was like the least regulated burlesque show, which I mean, sounds like obvious. Duh, it's a burlesque show. But this is modern times. They should not be doing the things that they did because they kicked julie in the face in the chin and she slipped a disc and she has never been the same (laughs) i'm sorry my husband just texted me a picture of a cat that's outside her house and i'm like do we need to bring it in oh shoot do we need to pause it looks looks skinny no i mean he can bring it in if he needs to but um go bring it in yeah tell him to bring it back chronic back issues are no strain like if anyone over 30 kind of gets it no, um, dude, you got kicked in the face. I don't think people yeah. get it to quite your level. You were getting like cortisol shots and cortisone, cortisol, cortisone, cortisol. Cortisol is the bad thing. <laughs> okay. Cortisol is yeah, a stress hormone, stress I think. Hormone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah, I. It was rough, and it has been rough, and like sometimes I just don't get to stand up. <laughs> like that's cool. <laughs> Um, so I get the, definitely the, like, physical element of that description, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and the doctors not believing you about your pain levels thing, intimate with that. Um, and the just being on a bunch of drugs for the rest of your life, get that. So, uh, yeah, torture chamber, being a cloud would be pretty cool, huh? Like a multicolored cloud. I mean, any, as long as I don't have a body, I can look like whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Relatable. If I could just upload my brain into a computer, that'd mm-hmm. be cool. I'd be down for that. Be pretty nice. I See, that's where you and I kind of cross paths a little bit, because I also feel like my mind can sometimes be a torture chamber. My body, definitely. My mind also. So I'm like, oh, I the mean, end of consciousness, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's just dying. Because if I'm in a, no, but if I'm in a cloud, my dude, then like I still have to think. <laughs> I was gonna say though, if you if you don't like the body element and you don't like the brain element, that's yeah. dying. That's just dying. I know. But no, it's not though. It's just like, have you ever gone under anesthesia? My mom and I talk about this all the time because she also is a chronic pain sufferer. Yeah. But she's like, you know how relieving it is when you go under anesthesia? And I'm like, yeah, mom. And um, that doesn't make us sound great mentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess I figured if I was a cloud mm-hmm. or a robot, I could just like not have those thoughts anymore because technically the craziness of the brain comes from brain chemistry and brain chemicals, and that wouldn't exist either. You like, sound my craziness- like the person that invented, oh shoot, the Cyberman from Doctor Who. Oh no! <laughs> See, we're both going down a road to villainy. <laughs> this but you is our know, villain origin story. I wish I was a cloud with no f- brain chemistry. I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to take all my brain pills anymore. I wouldn't have to take my body pills anymore because it would all just like I would be beyond the chemical reactions and imbalances of all that shit. But do you beyond like the hormonal feelings? imbalances? 
No, does anyone? But that's what I'm saying. That's consciousness. White Thoughts men. and feelings are not. This consciousness can be without. You don't have to have feelings about it. You don't have to have any feelings at all if you don't want to. So then what would your consciousness look like? Nothing. That That is death, dude. <laughs> no, I would You're describing what I'm describing, but you're tiptoeing around it, saying you want a consciousness, <laughs> but nothing about a consciousness. I would just get to watch everything. Just get to spy on We might have to like, edit this out. This makes it... They're going to put us on a list. They're going to call someone on us. <laughs> they're going to call no, someone. No, I want to be a cloud mm. with a cloud body made of, of water, of, you know, air, water suspended in the sky, but mm-hmm. they cannot die. And like just gets to watch everybody and spy on them, and then this sounds like death. Hear all the tea. No, oh, so you oh just want to be a gossip cloud. <laughs> yes, a g- thank you. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted, and finally like, someone you gets really want to become the deets monster, like a real deets monster. Um. Yes. Yes. But made of cloud. It's funny how you have no room for your own memories, but you remember everyone's gossip. I mean, I don't even remember it really. I remember mm-hmm. it for a little while, but then it goes away too. Oh, I just remembered a piece of gossip that I will tell you once we're done recording because it's terrible that you told me that I remembered. Oh, well, now I want to know. I'll tell you afterwards. I feel like it's criminal, so I can't talk about it now. What if I promise to cut it out? Okay, do you remember that you went to a bar (laughs) Yeah, you do remember. Okay, you do remember. (laughs) I I do get the best tea. I'm like a professional tea farmer. Yeah, you have to farm tea leaves, right? I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a that. tea farmer. That makes it sound so much more quaint than it actually is, which is like you're just salivating <laughs> for details of people's <laughs> darkest moments. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to deny that. It's no, 100% you can't. true. We are who we but are. But you do too. I never denied it. Fair. Sometimes I don't want to hear deets if I feel like it's mean-spirited or exploitative. Like, my mom sometimes tells me things where I'm like, I don't need to know about these people and their dark stuff, you know? But the one that you told me was so wild that that just is in my brain now. (laughs) Was it someone you worked with at Disneyland? Not Disneyland, but it was a coworker. Okay. Can you see the cat? This is the cat that my husband found. Oh, shit. No, because it's blurred. Oh, it's a little black cat. Does He's it have feeding a her now. No, and she's skinny. Oh, come inside, little Kit Kat. You guys have seven rooms. Give the cat one of the rooms. She can have a room. She can sit in my office with me. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Then you guys can get, get the kitty a good home. Or keep this, the kitty. This home. Oh, yeah. or keep the kitty. Fair enough. You have a fair amount of animals. I didn't know if you wanted another one. I don't. I really don't. We've got enough. We and I have the perfect about, cat. We were talking about a book. We were talking about a book and then the series of books. Oh, that's right. Hi. Oh, you got her. Aww. <laughs> okay, give me one second. <laughs> you have to include this. Looking at my Instagram. Leaving funny messages for Julie in the recording. Because she went to go get I don't know if she's gonna come back. She might have left me here. Did she get murdered? Where did she go? 
I am so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You've got a lot of weird audio that you're going to have to pick through. <laughs> okay, so to those who are listening to this podcast, oh yeah, there was there was a weird long break where we are we're absolutely going to forget where we were because um, my partner found a cat outside and I had to go <laughs> get it and we had to wrestle it into the house because she was very friendly until I opened the garage door and then that was a very scary sound uh. and so she scratched the shit out of both of us oh, no. and ran away and so we had to go get her and then we asked the neighbor if it belonged to them because they were outside and when they said no we were like okay now it's our problem and so we brought her inside and we had to get her food and water and litter and then now I'm back to record a podcast oh my god okay well that makes a lot of sense about why it was so long I thought you had mm-hmm. gotten murdered I'm like she's gone she's not coming back. she's already dead she forgot about me you got cat murdered no she's a very very sweet cat very friendly she just Aww. did not like the garage door and so Aww. she bolted. But luckily she was hungry. Not luckily, but she was hungry enough mm. that every time we just like rattled food in a dish, she came back. Um, she's very, very skinny. So. Oh, poor thing. We're going to find a cat home tomorrow. You are going to find one. A good one. I believe in you. Or she's she's someone's. I mean, she's friendly enough to be someone's. Yeah, maybe she just got lost. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's she- why there was a weird... Uh, oh my gosh, it's just like the book. You found a stray cat. Oh yeah, oh, Smudge. Yeah, that thing in the book. Oh my god, I should name her Smudge. That's her, you, like, apropos. You have to name her Smudge now, I yeah. feel. She's also black with just one little piece of white right here, like a little smudge. Oh my god. This oh my god. is topical. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> That's almost perfect. I, it is perfect. It's perfect. It's fate. Anyway, I went quietly insane in the closet and sang you songs. I can't wait to hear that, to be honest. I can't. Eventually I got bored because it was like 20 minutes and I'm like, I'm going on TikTok. So there will also be some TikTok audio. No, and that's, I was hoping you were when I was sitting out there like, oh, no, no, I can't. taking a little longer than we thought. No worries. You got scratched. So uh, don't worry about it, man. (laughs) You're doing good work saving the kitties of the street. Book. Okay. I think I remember something about what I wanted to say. Um, and it was only that I feel like when I first read the book, I really was like so prepared to gush and adore and be like so on it, on all the details of everything. And I really wanted to bring that energy today because of, I loved it a lot. A, blah, blah, blah. I loved it a lot when I read yeah. it. And just because of life circumstances, um, I wasn't able to get the amount of detail that I wanted to bring to the episode because, and I want to say, like, if nothing else, it's a testament to that she's a very good author, that her work is so realistic, that it is, it's, it's too good in some respects in the reality of what it's like. So I just want to say, I wish I could have brought more of the vibe of what I originally had when I wanted to talk about it. I feel like we've only said good things, even if we're not, like, jumping up and down screaming. But I wanted to be jumping up and down screaming. You just said that you hoped he would come to life so that you and your husband could sleep with him. Like, that's a that's a testament to a good, a well-written protagonist. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. And like I said, so you and your husband can sleep with him. <laughs> I wouldn't want to leave him out. I think he'd really enjoy it. <laughs> Um, okay, so was there anything, as long as we're talking about it, is there anything mm. in the book that you were, like, not positive about? Like, you, that you were, like, ew, or yuck, or awkward, or unpleasant in any way? 
We already talked about it. It was the third act breakup. I just thought it was not what I... It didn't feel like... I don't want to say it didn't feel good. It was fine. But it just didn't feel like the way that the book was going, like in terms of creativity and the way that I was really enjoying it, it kind of felt a little bit like, oh, okay, now they're just going to break up for, you know, whatever quick moments of angst and what, you know, I just didn't feel fully. Feels a little forced. Yeah, a little forced. It didn't feel fully fleshed out. And I thought that could have been handled a little better or maybe the conflict could have been something else entirely. Yeah, I guess I can, I guess I feel like if they established, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason he was so upset was because on her list, she had added him, yeah. but she was like, all, she just told him, I added you to my list, and he was like, oh, you just wanted to, like, sleep with some poor ruffian like me and then throw me out, but she had actually mm-hmm. written, like, keep red on her list, because she, right. once they started getting together, because she loved him, mm-hmm. and so he just hadn't, like, seen the actual list and so he just jumped to the worst conclusion kind of thing um and no, that I always frustrates saw me the list but the list just said like keep red or his name on it or something so it wasn't no, like keep it, red because i love him he didn't see keep red because at the end she was like fumbling to get the list to show him oh. to be like look 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 it's and not what you think have- um and he just didn't like stand there for 10 seconds while she got the list and that yeah. always frustrates me it's always like in movies when that conversation happens where mm. somebody's like save it and like turns and walks away and they're like no but i actually could say a thing that would make you just not be upset anymore if you just literally gave me 10 seconds to talk um and that always pisses me off in movies and it was kind of like the a version of that mm-hmm. um but so yeah i get i get where you're coming from and that the breakup was a little yeah i'm trying to find the list thing but i cannot or maybe it was that he saw, like, have mindless sex on the list or whatever she put. She put something about, have like, have a one-night stand or something. And he was like, oh, great, that's all I was. Mm. Oh, I yeah. I could also be thinking about the r- fucking rake book again. The witch book? The romancing a rake book. Oh, well, now they're having... Every time I turn... Like, I open the book and it was a sex scene and I'm scrolling through it and it's another sex scene. Yeah. Excellent. <sighs> Her aunt... Aunt Mary, who... I, oh, he was upset. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a little bit of a establishing his weird classist thing. Can I say, is it weird to have, like, like this, like, ginger, red-haired man be the mm-hmm. person who's like, oh, I'm too low class for you because it's usually, like, the white man is the one who comes out yeah. on top of everything? They did address that in the book because he's like, you don't know what it's like, Chloe, to be poor. And she's like, I am black. And he has yeah. to be like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm glad they have that moment for sure. Yeah, at least they addressed it. And I mean, I think if you're going to write that kind of um, disparity, like, then at least they addressed it, right? Like, you can't say that she's not marginalized and that, oh, your life is so hard because you grew up like this. It's like there's different levels to things. And at least it was touched upon. Yeah. He got his, like... Some well, that was I think that was it is that he got his little like moment of like hey dude people are staring at us because we're a mixed race couple and mm-hmm. like that's the reality of my life, um but then he still had his whole freak out at the end because he thought that he was like too poor for her or whatever I don't know I was like yeah. I don't love that side of it either he's got also classist I'm, things going I think on I'm brain. remembering he's listening to a conversation she's having with her sisters right. and she says I put red on the list to them. And she means it in, a, like, a nice oh. way. And he's like, oh, because I was, like, this convenient penis. Right. So in some way, or shape, or form, he feels like he's been put on the list as a token. Yeah. When he has real feelings. But then she's trying to pull up the list, like, wait a minute. 
And he just walks out the door. And then, yeah. to be fair, he turns around 10 seconds later and goes, oh, I made a mistake. But she tells him, like, if you walk out, like, yeah. that, like don't come back because right. I've had enough people do this to me. Yeah. Which, fair. Fair. Fucking fair, yeah. man. Why would you put yourself through that, you know? But at the same time, like, I don't like that. The way that it was done maybe felt kind of, like, quick and forced and not super all of what I wanted. But I do like it when characters can come back from misunderstandings. Yeah. Which I know is very cheesy because, like, that happens in every romance novel of all time. There <laughs> is a misunderstanding. genre. <laughs> yeah, we will come back from it because that's love. But I like it. Yeah. Same. I mean, that's why we're reading these, right? Oh, 100% because it's fun and gives you happy. Gives us a lot of happy. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say about the other two books since we kind of touched on them a little bit? Do you have a favorite of the three? Uh, my favorite is probably this one. Hmm. Um, and my second favorite is the second one. My third favorite is the third one. And um, I really liked the romantic lead in the second one as well because he's Indian and that's my people. Or he's not Indian, but he's Punjabi. So yeah, that's my people. the second one was my favorite, and the the two leads in the second one were my favorite two leads. Danny was great. Danny's great. They're both great. They're I love all great. of them. I don't dislike any of the books, obviously, no. but that second one is excellent. So how would you put them in order? Second one, then what? Two, three, one, actually, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I really that like means that they're well. just great all around because you can really like pick and choose and two, three, one. You liked three more than one. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's subjective. Running away to be a baker at a bed and breakfast speaks to me, I guess. Mm, nice. I don't know. I did like that, the B&B plotline. But yeah, I mean, the whole, all the characters that like, like their grandmother and her like lesbian yoga instructor wife and like, I mean, and all the sisters and their dynamic and like the whole family continuum is great. All their female friends are great. Like, yeah. Oh, the I love the little excellent. friend group that um, Eve gets to have all these friends in the last book because she never really mm-hmm. had like friends, like good friends. Yeah. It's awesome. Sorry, you're going to get shuffling noises because I've been sitting on the floor for 30 minutes waiting for you. <laughs> waiting for a cat. Waiting Blame for a cat. cat. That's true. So should we rate this book <laughs> with the best of our yeah. memories? Can we rate this? I'm well, just the first one we're talking about in terms of rating, yes. right? And I'm okay, going to go sentiment. with vibes. I'm going with vibes because my memory is fuzzy, but based on first reading where I would have placed it then. Yeah. I mean, based on first reading, you mm. were fucking crazy hyped. I mean, so was I, but like you like loved, loved this book. I did, and I still love, love, want I to say. read it again one day when life is easier. Yeah. So what's your sentiment rating? I am going... <laughs> I'm a high rater. What can I say? I'm going to give this a nine because I yeah. really did like it, and I thought it was tremendous, and the only thing that would hold me back from giving it a ten is just that third act breakup. Yeah. I'm going to do an eight. That's really high for you. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hard-to-please romance novel reader, I guess. Not always. Um, but this one's really good. Yay. What about spicy rating? This is so hard because I'm like, I can't with my memories. But I feel like we remember telling people, like our friends, that like this is filth in the that's, best sense of the that's word. That's why I'm like, 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like nine. Okay. I'm going to give it a 10 and that's aspirational that I will get to read it again one day. 
Also, they like again. My rating for this book is a nine, but they get filthier as they go. I feel like, like. your cheeks are gonna start heating. You know, yeah. and if you're in public, you're gonna start hiding your book away a little bit so people can't see what you're reading because they're like, Whoa, absolutely, some things are happening, and I'm feeling some things, and maybe I can't read this in public. It's filthy. Ooh, the best kind. All the best ways. Yeah, because I would say like I'm trying to think in comparison to other books. I think I liked the sex in this book like better than um, Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake. Uh, agreed. Filthier, in Filthier. like a in like a like that Dom way where it's like the Cinnadom. My new we favorite. We love Cinnadom. We love filthy talking. We love voyeurism. Apparently, oh, that was one thing is that he's really good at sex. The sexy talking. The, the only thing it was missing is monster fucking, and then it would be, like, better than every other book we've ever read in terms of See, spiciness. you're more of a monster fucker than I am. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I like my man a little human sometimes. <laughs> a little. Just a little. There's this werewolf book that I want to read, um, and I will someday. Just not right now. But anyways, you get my monster fuckers, and I'm like, oh, yes, monster fucking. This werewolf book I want to read. A lot of the books on this podcast have been about monster fucking, so. Not a lot. Just, just Three, right? Oh no! What's his face had wings? Would we call him a monster? I guess because he's a fairy. I mean, I would count the non-humans: two ice planet barbarians, one werewolf werewolf book, and the fairy books. That's actually a pretty high percentage. Four out of ten. That's a pretty high percentage. Is this our tenth episode? That can't be right. What are we going to read next, though? Wait, we have fan mail, or what are we going to read next? We have one meet cute that came in. We do? Yeah, you didn't see it. We had two emails come in. Whomst? We should read one and then the other. And then I also have Instagram messages that came through, but they also... Oh, Courtney's meet cute. Is that the one you mean? Yes. Okay, yes. Courtney's the one who made us read Fifty Shades of Grey. So I think we should make up our own horrible meet cute as vengeance. Do it. Do it now. No. Courtney said, loved the Fifty Shades episode. Thank you for humoring me. Sorry to have tortured you. And I'm glad you still love me. It's in question. Deeply in question. (laughs) Um, but this is her meet cute. Um, Courtney, we know from elementary school, by the way. We've known her for a long... Oh, Shruti's known her since elementary school. I've known her since middle school. Yes. You guys were two of the whites. Two of the... Two of the maybe five whites at that school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two of the whites. Right. <laughs> well, you guys um, stand okay. out. Courtney says, junior year of college, a sorority sister of mine helped me get a job on campus at the ASU Foundation as... The most basic of jobs, a student admin assistant. She also says, shout out to Alyssa. She might be a listener now after I recommended you guys. Hi, Alyssa. Hello. Day one, she was giving me a tour and introduced me to the other people in our finance department, including other student workers. Josh was a student worker on the IT side of the finances. He stood up when I was brought over, shook my hand, shared niceties, and went about his business. Later in the day, we went to lunch and Alyssa invited Josh to go downstairs and grab lunch with us. He held the doors open for us the entire way there and back, allowed us into and out of the elevator first, and specifically asked me to scoot over on the sidewalk so he could walk closest to the street. We had a great conversation at lunch, all laughing and talking about personal interests, personal lives, etc. He was in a long-term relationship at that point and shared about his girlfriend and their shared hobbies. (laughs) Sorry, wet mouth. (laughs) I told my roommate Caitlin later that evening about how my first day at work went and said about Josh, I want to be with someone like him someday. I'm going to take that line again. I want to be with someone like him someday, (laughs) referring to how chivalrous, kind, and thoughtful he was. I kid you not, it was even in her matron of honor speech at my wedding. Oh, that she said that she wants to be with someone like him. That's cute. That's very cute. We were friends for the next almost two years. We got together to hang out the week after our respective grad parties to celebrate with each other. At the end of the night, 
I made the move to kiss him. Boldest moment of my life. I joke all... Did she say it? They had... He had split up with his girlfriend at the time. She's not at home record, Courtney. <laughs> Josh was single when this happened. Um, at the end of the night, I made the move to kiss him. Boldest moment of my life. I joke that I used all of my life's allotment of moves for that one moment. Totes paid off considering I'm sitting on the couch writing this as I bribe our daughter to come out from under the table with a chunk of Eggo waffle. Aww. And then she says she's got Talia Hibbert's book on her read list for hold at the library and hopes to read it before this episode comes out, which considering it's been 18 years, she probably will get to do. That is a very she sweet. She didn't say that. I said that oh. part, obviously. <laughs> That's a very, very sweet story. I did not know all of that. So that was really nice to hear. Super sweet. She we love saved, love. She saved all of her moves for that one moment. She did. I got so obliterated at their wedding. That you Courtney, I'm sorry that your family. Life. Yeah, I'm sorry that your family had to see me that way at your wedding. <laughs> I'm sorry that your family <sighs> had to see me that way at your wedding. <laughs> I'm not sorry about being as drunk as I was at your wedding because I was, I remember. I thought I you were holding it together pretty well. I left the green room at some point and I sprinted down that big hallway where all the banquet tables were and then mm-hmm. skidded to a halt at the bar because I saw Guillaume there and me and Guillaume and a bunch of your uncles who I don't even know all did shots together. It was great. I feel like my they uncles just, like, were holding down that bar just giving out shots. It was amazing. My it was brother, so much fun. like I had tried not to drink anything until at least after like the speeches and the dance floor opened up because I wanted to look nice in photographs and not wasted. Um... And my brother, I guess, pretty soon after all the speeches were done, like they were, all my uncles were just giving him shots and he does not know how to say no. So I come, I I eventually come out to the dance floor. I've had like a drink at this point. I'm just dancing. I'm a good time. I see him in the corner. He's got his head in his hands. My cousin comes over and is like, don't worry. I've got him under control. (laughs) I'm like, what is happening? And then I go over and he's like so emotional. He was like crying all weekend and he's so emotional. And he's just like, they were giving me shots and like, you know, it's fine. But like, whoa, this is what's happening. It was just the funniest thing. I love Bea so much. And then I'm like, well, this isn't my problem. Somebody get him some water. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't my problem. Not today. Not today. That's amazing. It was a really wild. I have so many wild stories. Um, That was not really a wild one, but it was just very funny. My uncles were giving shots to everyone. I didn't do any shots at my wedding. Jamil did have edibles in the green room, though, so I had my own good time. Oh, yeah. We had edibles in the green room, too. Yep. We unfortunately took Billy and Lewis's edibles, which is always a dangerous choice. Ah, yes. No, I took Jamil's edibles. She's, She's such a mom about it, too. She's like, I've got, you know... The way that she does things, Shruti, I don't want to pressure you, but if you want, they're here. And you I just, love her so much. Yeah, she's just so delicate. She was like the maid of honor who was fucking maid of honor. That girl helped me pee so many times that weekend. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. She fed me. It was very sweet. She helped me take off all my makeup when my hands were all with Mindy. It was great. Franz to the aunt. Friendship to the onship. So what are we reading next? So, from the TikTok video I made six months ago, (laughs) we are supposed to read um, The Fate of Stars, but you had started it, and I don't know if you finished it. How honest do I want to be here? Very terrifically honest. I started it Mm. and stopped because of a lack of interest. 
Oh. Which, considering okay. it's a lesbian mermaid book, is appalling to me. I That's everything I should ever want. It's okay. monsters. It's lesbians. Like, that's what I need in my life. Yeah. But I was a little bit less interested in it than okay. I wanted to How be. far did you get into it? Do you think it was, like, just something you don't want to read right now? Or did you only read, like, a chapter and you're like, nah? You know, that's a good... Let me... That's a good question. Let me look. Just to give it a fair um, shot, because maybe we can come back to it another time, because there were other books in that hall that seemed really fun. And just because I am struggling with one part of it doesn't mean it's Mm -hmm. bad. I got 45% through. Ooh, that's half. Yeah. Okay. So let's pin it, because I don't want to make you read something that you don't want to read right now, because we have another book to read for book club. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what are we going to read next? Let's go to the talk. And read the comments to see what our second choice was in the book. There is one I want to read, and I think someone asked us to read it. I also put it in the gram. Because, like, everyone voted for Fate of Stars mm-hmm. because I of know, gay werewolves. Uh, not gay werewolves, because of lesbian mermaids. Werewolves um, <laughs> <laughs> and lesbian mermaids. The two sexualities okay. that exist. So... Evan voted for Dating Dr. Thill, which is a book that I'm really excited to read. And then on the gram, uh, who voted for what? Uh, Courtney also voted for Dating Dr. Dill. So that is our second most voted for. And then the third one is, Jamil said, LOL, the rogue not taken, because puns. Well, we can do it in that order then. Sure. So let's do Dating Dr. Dill. Yep. I just bought that one literally on my phone while we were talking from Daddy Bezos. So let's do that one next. Don't call him that. He's my father. Don't you dare. (laughs) I bought mine from an independent bookseller. I feel better about myself, but it's hard to get out there very often. But I have a whole haul now, so Bezos will not be getting my money for a while. He just got $8.99 from me. I mean, hopefully the author gets some of the money. Bezos just gets a portion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the reviews have been really good. We're doing an Indian romance. It's an Indian romance. And so I am excited to see how this goes. Am I going to like it? Bill by Nisha yeah. Sharma for those who want to read it along. Yeah. Oh my God. We could be distant cousins. The dedication, just to, since it's not spoilery, the dedication mm. to this book is for the women who have been told to lower their standards. I hope you never do. Girl, that's me. I'm going to love this book. I can already tell. This I'm is going to be a good book. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I really hope so. Oh, delightful. Okay. We did all the things, right? We did all the things. We're done. We are done. We will read the book. We will reconvene. We will. I only have to it. edit out twenty minutes of cat catching time from this podcast, and we'll be good. Or you can keep in my singing. <laughs> I mean, leave a selection of your singing. In. It went into like a like a Catholicism. Like uh, what the fuck? You wait for it, man. It's all waiting for you in the audio. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> you should be. Uh, outro. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We love you so much. We love you. And we love love. Stop it, I hate that edition. (laughs) (laughs) But you love me. Goodbye.